coronavirus isn't exactly our highest priority right now. These are the words of Safari. Safari is a leader in Malawi in a refugee camp. Now we might pause and wonder, well, how could it not be a priority? This pandemic has gripped the globe. But Safari goes on to share how approximately 300 people every day perish of cholera in that refugee camp. It kind of puts things in perspective that as we're scrambling to get this virus under control, there are many people throughout the world who continue to face calamity day after day after day beyond COVID-19. Calamity and suffering that has been a part of their existence for months, even years prior to the experience that we now are in. It kind of sets things in, in perspective. And as I heard this story from Safari, it drew my mind to another article that I read from The Atlantic. And that article by Charles Yu is entitled, The Pre-Pandemic Universe Was Fiction. Interesting. The Pre-Pandemic Universe Was Fiction. A lot of us, as we've been navigating this, have said, man, this is, this is unreal. Or I, I can't believe that this is real. My daughter just the other day said, I keep thinking I'm going to wake up and realize that this was all just a dream and everything's going to be better again. And that really, really struck me. This is a surreal experience. It's very far outside of our normal experience. And the truth is, says Charles Yu, that much of humanity globally today and also throughout history have lived with incredible economic uncertainty. They've lived with incredible food scarcity. They've lived with political turmoil and warfare. And so as we're unsettled right now, this is actually just a glimpse into what has, what has been a very common, very frequent experience of humanity over the centuries. That for us in, in the West, as we've been able to build up a relatively stable civilization and we have experienced security, and yet that can pop with a pin at a moment's notice. And we're back identifying with a lot of what humanity has experienced in the midst of suffering ongoing year after year after year. A pin has popped the stability that surrounds us. We are reminded of how vulnerable we are during this time. We're vulnerable to this virus, to the sickness that it brings, even death. We're vulnerable to stock market collapse. We're vulnerable to unemployment. And so you says that calamity is more real than the illusion of security that we've been experiencing over the past century. We're fragile people. And no doubt we are rightfully concerned with COVID-19. And we ought not to feel bad about the stress that this causes us. It is a difficult experience. And it is our very real experience right now. But we have many sisters and brothers around the globe who've been experiencing horrible circumstances year after year after year throughout their existence. The secure, the stable life that we've created around us, while it's a gift from God, is actually more of an illusion when we look at the big picture, when we look at global history, than it is the real experience. It's more of an illusion than we care to admit. So, how's that for bad news? I'm sorry that I've kind of started off our time together with a little bit of a, a downer here. Aren't, uh, aren't I, as a pastor, aren't we, as the Christian church, supposed to be people of good news? Well, that is our call, and that is the message that we have. And so I'm going to share that good news with you. But starting with the good news is recognizing the bad news that surrounds us. Human existence has never been easy. 
Human existence has been full of suffering century after century. But there is good news. When we place our faith in Jesus, we have a story of hope. So what is the good news in the midst of this bad news? The good news that I want to share with you today is that God's story is one of showering blessings on your story. God's story is one of showering blessings on your story. Over the next number of weeks, we're going to be looking at Ephesians. We're going to be looking through this uh, letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And our theme is going to be finding our story, finding your story in God's story. We're all trying to find our way. We're all trying to figure out how to live life well. What is our meaning? What is our purpose? Everybody is on that path of discovering meaning. And God has a whole big story that he is up to. And it's when we set ourselves within that story, when we get his perspective, when we know what he has created us for and what he's done for us, that we can then understand our own story and find the right path. When we find our place within God's story, our life begins to make sense and there is hope and meaning. God's story is one of showering blessings on your story. Now, before I go any further, I want to thank you for joining us this morning. I'm super glad that you've joined us for the KZMC teaching. I'm Ryan Yancey. I'm the lead pastor with Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church, and I trust that God will speak to you through this time. I want to urge you, before I proceed, to join us Sunday morning, 11 a.m. on Zoom. If you're not a part of a church gathering already, if you don't have um, a group to meet with, we would love to have you Join with us, 11 a.m. on Zoom, Sunday morning. Message us if you need the links for that. We really believe that it is critical in this time to be together face-to-face, to be sharing our experiences, to be, to be praying to God, asking for help together. We need to be a people who gather in this time where we are isolated in a way that we never have before. So join us, Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Message uh, our social media accounts. Uh, let me know if you, if you need... Uh, the link and the password to join us on Zoom. So when we look at our text today, the first thing we see is an extension or an offer of blessing from God. We look at verse 3 of Ephesians chapter 1. It says, Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every blessing in Christ. He's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every blessing in Christ. So what's, what's a blessing? Basically, it's a, it's a good gift. A blessing is a good gift. Something that brings us happiness. Something that brings us wholeness. That fills our lives with joy. So this is a promise from God here. Spiritual blessings. We are not only physical beings. You are not only a collection of molecules. You are not only something that just happened by chance. A physical um, matter that uh, takes up space within the universe. You are also a spiritual being created with meaning and value to know God, to know your creator. And so we have a promise here from God that he has given us every good thing, every blessing, every good thing through Jesus. Are you in a spot where you need to feel valued? Are you in a spot where you need to be filled with love? Are you in a spot where you really need joy right now? I can identify with all three of those statements. And God says here that he makes available to us every good gift to meet these needs. Everything that you need spiritually is available through 
Jesus. And so now our call is to seek God, is to open up our lives and say, yeah, I want to receive these blessings. I want to receive these gifts from you. And I'm going to proceed to elaborate from the text on what these blessings look like that God has given us. But I invite you to believe that God's story is one of showering blessings on your story, that he has everything that you need to sustain you, to give you hope, and to fill you with joy and with life. The first kind of truth or the first example of blessing that we see in the text is that God selects you. Do you remember the the schoolyard experience of picking teams for sports or for games? I do remember one time I was in grade four and I loved baseball. We were playing baseball grades, grade four, five, and six kids all together. I was in grade four and I got picked. I was the first one picked to be on the, the captain's team. I'd had a really good day of ball the day before and he said, yeah, I want Ryan on my team. And it felt so good. There's a reason why that memory stands out in my mind still today. But I also knew the experience more than, more than once, quite a few times, of being the last one picked. I was a bit of a, a chunkier kid, so I, I wasn't the fastest. I love sports, but, but wasn't the fastest. So there were more than a few times of seeing people picked and waiting in line and wondering when your name was going to get called. And it really is an excruciating experience. Very, very, very challenging. And so maybe you can identify with that. But when you think of being picked, of being chosen, God has selected you. That is a truth that we see in this scripture here. If we look at verse 4, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And then verse 11 says, In him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works everything out according to his good purpose. So in him we are chosen, chosen by God. What a gift, what a promise to know that. God has selected you. You're not here randomly. It's not just fate. As I mentioned before, you're not just a collection of of matter taking up space in the universe. He created you before the creation of the world. Before he made the sun that shines so radiantly, he had you in mind. He had every one of the seven plus billion people on earth in mind. And he created you. You. He said, I'm going to create Jim. This is what Jim's going to be like. I'm going to create Allison. This is what I have in mind for Allison. I'm going to create Ingrid. This is how Ingrid is going to reflect who I am. God selected you to be in relationship with him, to be filled with goodness and joy. And he says, it says he predestined us. He said, this will be your destiny. This is the direction that I've given for your life, to be good, to be with me, and to receive all the blessings that I want to shower on you. And, and so then we get into this idea of, of adoption. Now, it was God's plan all along to adopt us into his family. I'm going to look here for the verse that makes reference to adoption. Sorry, just one moment here. Oh, verse 5. He predestined us for adoption to sonship. To daughtership through Jesus Christ. Adoption. So God destined us for a life of goodness, but, but sin and evil disrupted our path. It caused us pain. It's caused us grief. And we've turned from God and said, I'm going to do things this way instead of your good and perfect way. And it really has, has caused great trouble for 
our lives. And so God says, you've left my family, but I'm going to adopt you. I'm going to choose you. I'm going to welcome you in to my family, that image of adoption. A year and a half ago, I spent on my first trip to Thailand, I met a young boy named Peter. Now, Peter, he was, he was about five or six, and he didn't know his biological father. He didn't have a father figure in his life. He'd been abandoned by his, his father. I don't know the circumstances of that, but his mom was very concerned about how this might affect his identity, not knowing his father. And so I remember that as we were there and I was with Ajanat, the, the pastor there, Pastor Nat, and uh, she courageously looked at Peter and she said, Peter, you have a father. She said, Peter, you are God's son. And she proceeded to pray and to speak these words of identity over him saying, you have been adopted by God. He chose you. He is so happy to have you in his family. And it was, it was a really profound moment of thinking like, how are these truths going to shape this young fellow for the remainder of his life? That he has a loving father, God, his heavenly father. And so it is with us. This is our identity. You are a daughter of God. He has welcomed you into his family. You are a son of God. The text goes on to talk about God lavishing his grace on us. Verse 7 reads, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. What do you imagine when you think of the word lavish? I'm not exactly sure why, but when I think of the word lavish, I think of a dog licking the face of its owner. Have you ever experienced that? I'm not a dog lover, so I've not experienced that. I would back away and say, whoa, hold on. But I know some of you are, are huge fans of, of your, your pets, and maybe you have experienced that. But where the dog comes up and is just, just licking away, so full of joy to see its owner, lavishing love upon the owner. And so when I think of God lavishing his love and his grace on us, that's the image that I have lavishing God's grace. This is God's story for you, one of grace, giving you gifts, giving you blessings that we don't deserve. We've turned from God. We've done our own thing. And he says, that's all right. I forgive you. When you look to me with faith, I forgive you. I'm going to give you all of these good things. So lots of spiritual blessings. In this text, it talks about us being redeemed. That means that we've been set free from the clutches of evil. It talks about us being forgiven. We've offended God. We've hurt God. We've resisted God. We've rejected God through our sin. And he says, I'm going to forgive you. I'm not going to hold that against you. He forgives us when we place our faith in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And so he showers his grace on us lavishly, like a dog licking its owner's face. God welcomes you into his story just to pour out all of these blessings on you. They can be yours. And the crazy thing is, is that when God does this, he's loving it. It brings him much joy to give us this stuff. Twice in this text, verse 5 and verse 9, it says, he talks about the lavishing of grace. It says that when God lavishes his grace, it is according to his good pleasure. Verse 5, it says according to his pleasure. Verse 9, according to his good pleasure. It brings God joy to give us his children these things. Think of the things that bring you pleasure. Maybe it's a good book. Maybe there's someone you know who's particularly funny and loves to tell jokes and that brings you pleasure. Maybe it's making love to your spouse. Maybe it's a good conversation with an old friend. Maybe it's sitting on the dock at the cottage. All of these things that bring us pleasure. 
that make us smile with satisfaction, that fills us with joy. And we read this, that, that God doesn't give us all these things begrudgingly. He doesn't say, oh, well, I guess I should probably love these guys or, oh, man, they drive me nuts and I, I suppose I should probably fix this situation. No, he can't wait to give us these blessings. It fills him with joy. It gives him pleasure and satisfaction to shower these blessings upon us. So, so far, we've been focusing a little bit on the idea of, of God showering his blessings on us as, as individuals, choosing us and giving us, giving us grace, these wonderful blessings. It's been very individual focused. But the great thing about God's story, the great thing about finding your story within God's story is that it's also a big cosmic story. It's a universal story. God makes this promise that he is going to fix the universe. God is going to fix the universe. His language, verse 10, it reads that he is going to bring all things, unity. He's going to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Unity to all things. What, what does that look like? Our world is not one of unity. North Korea is not a fan of Canada. The coronavirus is waging war on the bodies of people. I continue to find beer bottles and beer cans in the ditch along, the, along my, my home. And it drives me nuts that people still are out there drinking and driving. It exasperates me. So many ways in which there is not unity, in which there's not perfection, in which there's not things working together within our universe. We don't experience complete unity. We're all painfully aware of that. But God promised, he says, he is going to bring all things into unity under Jesus. And it says here, not yet, it says in the time, let's take a look at, at the wording here. He says, it will be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. So this is not something we experience yet. It's not something that's going to happen until Jesus returns and he says, okay, now is the time. I'm going to come. I'm going to fix everything at this point. This is a wonderful part of God's story. He's going to bring all things to unity. How is that for good news? That's just about the best news that I have ever heard. Think of the perfect life. Think of harmony. Think of peace. God has promised his story is that he is going to bring that. That's a part of the blessings that he wants to shower on us, his people. Verse 11 goes on to confirm this. It says, he works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. He works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Calamity has its source in evil. It does not come from God. It comes from the evil one. It comes from the deceiver. But God, because he's the king and the creator of everything, he has this remarkable capacity to be able to use and to direct the horrible things that happen and to work them out for good. This is a theme throughout the whole Bible. It's a theme that I can see in my lives. God, life, God has this capacity to take the horrible things, the mistakes that we make, the ways that we've been hurt. And when we open ourselves up to him, he can take it and shape it and use it for his good to do great things. That is an incredible blessing from God. He doesn't say just figure it out. He doesn't say just wallow in your pain. He says, here, invite me into this. Let me heal you and we will use this to make good. This is God's promise to us. This is good news. Unity for the whole earth. God working everything out for the good of his plan. This is God's story. I believe that God invites you 
into his story. He asks that you would embrace it. That you would say, yeah, I want to step into God's story. Do you want to step into God's story? The story of our lives when we're on our own trying to figure it out, trying to make sense of everything by ourselves, that's not a story worth living. We need to place our story within our creator's story. We need to find this hope and meaning. We need to receive these good gifts from him. And so verse 13, it says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. That's Ephesians 1 verse 13. This part is up to us. God wants you to step into his story. He wants to shower these blessings on you. He wants you to live in light of the the identity that he's given you. He wants you to choose the destiny that he selected for you when he created you. But God is a gentleman. He will not force himself on you. He will not make you do anything that you don't want to do. He will not turn you into a robot and say, all right, this is where you're going to go. This is how you're going to direct your life. God has given us free will in his wisdom. And so it's up to us to choose. It's up to us to select, to walk this journey with him. And so he invites us to take this step of belief. This step of belief. It says, when you believed, you were marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. When you believe, God comes and lives within you, empowering you, comforting you, directing your path. He invites us to believe, to look at the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus and say, yeah, like I pledge my allegiance to this. I believe this. I receive this truth into my life. I will let God direct me now. Will you believe this story? Will you open up your life to God to receive these spiritual blessings? There is no life like it. Maybe it's for the first time ever. One of the most exciting things One of the most exciting things is when people decide to give their lives to God for the first time, when they place their faith in Jesus, whether it's little kids or old folks. I was chatting with a lady this week in her her late 50s who gave her life to Jesus for the first time. She'd been choosing her own path, running her own way, and, and through friends, she came to know Jesus. And she said, yeah, I want this for my life. And her face glows as she talks about what God has done for her So maybe for the first time, I'd be pumped if you want to make that decision to give your life to Jesus, to choose this destiny, to say, yeah, I want these blessings. If you decide to do that, please reach out, talk to someone you know who's a follower of Jesus. Feel free to message me. I'd love to talk you through that. It's just a gift from God to be walking in relationship with him. And maybe if you've believed in Jesus, if you place your faith in him, this is an invitation to believe these truths again, to renew your trust in them, to open yourself up more fully, say, God, I have experienced these blessings in part. I want to experience them more. I want you to shower them on me. I want you just to, to unload the goodness of these truths upon me today, upon my family. Maybe God is inviting you to brace them again. God's story is one of showering blessings on your story. I'm taking a course online right now, just an hour a day with, uh, with Multiply, the MB mission organization, and, and it's called um, Living on Mission in Times of Crisis. And the whole premise is that we're in a time of crisis right now, but in the global church, there's all kinds of people 
who live in crisis on a daily basis and have been doing so for years. And, and this is where I've heard the story of, of Safari. They live in crisis. So we actually need to look to them and say, how do we navigate this? What advice do you have? How can we learn to be people who live on mission, people of hope, people who share the good news when we are in crisis? And so more of Safari's story is that when he was in um, his home village in Malawi, his family was killed. It was in the midst of ethnic cleansing, tribal warfare. His family was killed. He ended up in this refugee camp and he met Jesus. Of course, these were devastating circumstances. He said it just wrecked his identity. He felt like he was alone, obviously very overwhelming. But he met God. And after he met God along the way, he met one of the men who had killed his family. I, I can't even imagine what I would feel in that moment. But God's love had filled him so much, he'd received the showers of the blessings of God and had been transformed by them, that he actually extended love and he welcomed this man who had killed his family to come and to live with him. And he was asked, well, why would you do this? He said, well, I know this man. I don't know other people here. I know this man. He's from my town. I have responsibility to love him. And so he welcomed the murderer of his family into his home. And eventually that fellow, the murderer, came to know Jesus as well. And they stand side by side and smile at each other and talk about friendship. This is crazy. It's just unreal to imagine that happening uh, here. But this is what it looks like when the when the blessings of God are showered upon our story. Safari tells a story of hope. Think of the calamity that he's faced. Think of the fear that he walks through of Calaria in his refugee camp now. But he walks with hope and smiles in the midst of the calamity because he has received the showered blessings of God that we've been talked about. That God has chosen him. That God has lavished his grace upon him. And that God is going to fix all things. Those same promises that have filled Safari with joy in life are extended to you today by God. And they can transform your life. They can fill you with love and with hope. So in this life, in the midst of the difficulty that you are facing... In the midst of the difficulty that all of humanity has experienced century after century after century, life is hard in the midst of this calamity and in the midst of our very real COVID-19 experience in these weeks. God is at work. He wants to shower his blessings upon you. He wants to make you new. He wants to make you whole. He wants to fill you with joy because he's selected you. He's lavished his grace on you and he is going to fix all things. He's going to bring unity to the universe. So how is that for good news? God's story is one that he wants to shower blessings on your story. Thanks again for joining us for this time. A reminder, uh, gather with us 11 a.m. Sunday morning on Zoom. We'd love to see your face, love to share together. 11 a.m. Message me if you need the links for that. All right. May God be with you. Take care.